some of you are aware, I, I trained as a minister in Cardiff Baptist College at the time. It was called the South Wales Baptist College. There's a Welsh word for it, but I couldn't pronounce that because I can't speak Welsh. But that's where I trained from 97 through to about 2001. And I really enjoyed my time there. I really enjoyed being part of the community. I enjoyed being part of the college community. We did our degree in Cardiff University, so I enjoyed being part of the university and being with other uh, theological students and that weren't sort of part of the church that uh, stretched my faith. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed being in, uh, back in the college with the ministerial students. We had something called The House. I don't know why they called it the house. It was called the house, and that was just a, a, a community of everybody that was training for ministry. So we, we all had the same sense of being called together to serve God, and it was wonderful. But I also enjoyed being part of the JCR. What is the JCR here, you cry, Wayne? It was the junior common room. I don't know why it was called the junior common room, because there was no senior common room, but that's what it was called. And I really enjoyed being part of that community, because there... You're with people who weren't training to be ministers or anything like that. They just wanted cheap digs. And they came from a church, and so that's where they stayed. And a lot of my friends were part of the JCR, and we enjoyed being there. And to give you a sense of, of that time, uh, there's a picture, a throwback. I think it's going to come up on the screen of my time there. I can see a little version of it there, but it's not coming up big. There we are. You're thinking, which one is me? I'm the fresh-faced guy in the leather jacket with the check shirt. That's me. That's a, a previous life. We loved Friends. So the picture on the right, where we, if you know the sitcom Friends, we were reproducing a, a Friends thing. We thought we were so cool and trendy. In reality, we weren't. Yes, that really is me. I didn't have facial hair there because I couldn't grow a beard because I was too young. But that's, that was my time back in college. And that was a community that I was part of. And I really enjoyed being part of that community. Okay, you can take it off now. <laughs> people think, is that really you? No, no, seriously, you can take it off now. That's, that's, that's fine. Thank you. <laughs> Always be kind to your tech guys, because they can really mess you up. But no, thank you for that. I enjoyed being part of that community. And, and there's been lots of different communities uh, that I've been part of throughout my life. I I used to be in scouting. I was a cub. I'm old enough that I was a cub that had the short trousers, the grey socks, and the garters. Why did we wear garters? Anybody else wear garters when they were in cub? What on earth was that about? Praise God, I have no photos of those days. And you have the little cap as well. It was just, just bizarre. But I was part of that community. I was part of different schools. You know, uh, Infant schools, junior schools, secondary schools, sixth form colleges, part of different churches, part of different friendship groups, family, and so on. And I'm sure we can all think of different communities in which we've been part of at one time or another. Family, work, sports clubs, a hobby that involves others, maybe a choir, an online community you're part of. But we're all part as well of an amazing community called the church. Not just to do things together, but to be together. So we can encourage and help each other live as Christians every single day of our lives. And this morning we continue our series on how we can be confident in our walk uh, with Jesus by thinking about confidence through community. 
You know, we all know the sayings, don't we? No man's an island. There's no I in team. Teamwork makes the dream work and so on. There are songs about community. Lean on me with a little help from my friends. I'll be there for you. Another friends link there for those of you that picked that up. Community in films. The whole premise of the Toy Story films, so I've gone really deep now, <laughs> is the relationship, the community between Woody and Andy. But more than that, it's the relationship, the community of the toys that gather together. I mean, watch Toy Story if you haven't seen it. Watch it again, not just because the kids want to watch it for the 300th time, but the sense of community in there through good and bad is, is, is fantastic. And we can learn a lot from that. But the tension we live with is that while... If I said to you, do you want community? You'd all probably say, yes, we want community. And we can see the benefit of community. But the problem is, in British and Western culture, we're often very individualized. And because of that, community can get lost. So we want community, but we want it on our terms, because we're individuals. It's why marriages struggle in the first couple of years often. Because people like the idea of being married. They like the idea of living together. But the reality is often very different. (laughs) Often, if I'm pastoring a a young couple that have got married, I'll say to them before they get married, just, you know, I'm going to keep praying for you because your first couple of years are likely to be quite tough. And they look at me as if I'm absolutely, I have no idea what I'm talking about. And then six months later, they come to me and go, gosh, it's really hard. Because you've got two individuals, individuals trying to live together in a marriage community. Teams are wonderful. To be part of a team is amazing. But the team struggles when there are people who don't act as if they want to be part of the team because they want to do their own thing. For many of us, lockdown, we've heard about lockdown again today. It gave us the opportunity to meet our neighbours. We all clapped at 8 o'clock. Was it a Wednesday night? We clapped Thursday, clapped for the NHS. I came out of the street that we were living in, Portsmouth. People were running up and down the street, all dressed in fancy dress. And we spent hours just stood out chatting to our neighbours. Don't do it now, though. Do it. Lockdown ended and we went back to our individualistic lives. And we see them now by chance. Unless in the winter. We see them more maybe in the summer. And other cultures are often better than that. And we can learn a lot from other cultures outside the UK who have a high value on hospitality and community. While preparing this sermon, I started to look at the history of fences. Yeah, you did hear that right. I need to get out more, but anyway, bear with me. I was looking online at the history of the humble garden fence and fences in a field. The, the, the word fence comes from a 14th century word, fence, a, a short word which means defense and protection. And if you think about it, while fences are used to mark boundaries, and in farming they're used to keep animals in, fences are used to keep people out, to keep us isolated, to stop others coming onto our land and interacting with us. You'll see it in you know, TV programs like Neighbours at War. There's a war because somebody's built a fence bigger than they should have built it because they didn't want their neighbours to see them. 
What on earth are they doing? They don't want their neighbours to see them. Growing up in 1970s South Wales, I, we had very low fences between us as neighbours. And we, I mean, low like that. And we'd climb over the fence to go and play with kids next door. And it's where, you know, if you want to know where, where your child is, just climb over the fences and three or four fences down, you might find them. I grew up with a real sense of community in South Wales where you never use people's front doors. Never. You always just knocked the back door and walked in. I can see some of you visibly shaken at that idea. What, what if that was not a good time? Well, then you said it and the person went. It was quite simple. When I did pastoral visiting, when I was a, a part-time minister in Resolve and just outside Neath in my final year of college, I never made an appointment. I just went, knocked the back door and walked in. If it was a bad time, they told me. If it was a good time, I stayed. If they weren't there, I put a card to the door to say I'd been there. And sometimes if it was a bad time, I stayed because we prayed. When I moved to Upminster in Essex, the senior minister, who was also Welsh, he said to me, you'll find a difference here, because in Essex they don't like you just turning up. If the minister just turns up, they think they're in trouble. So whatever you do, make appointments. I don't know if it's like that in South Wales anymore. I suspect things are slightly different because sadly community has been eroded everywhere. And in truth, we all struggle with the idea of community because we all want it on our terms. It's, it's why we jokingly say, oh, wouldn't it be good if everybody just thought and acted like me? It's why they say church would be great if it wasn't for the congregation. Church would be great if everybody had the same thinking as I did. And all because, even in our pursuit for community, we do so with an individualistic mindset. But here's the thing. We all long for community because that's how God created us. That's how God made us. Yes, I know some of us are extroverts and some of us are introverts, but during lockdown, even the introverts wanted to see people. But think about it, right back in Genesis, what is it that God says as he creates a woman because the man needed community? It's not good for the man to be alone. Yes, there are times when it is good to be alone. The bathroom is one of them. It's a good place to be alone. But in life, we have community because God has created us with that sense, that longing, we want it. We need other people. It's not good for the man to be alone. It's not good for us to be alone. It's not just so that we don't get lonely. It's so that we can grow. In Genesis, God says, he will make a helper who is just right for him. This means that they will fit together so they can thrive together. They can grow together in life together. And it is through community that we can grow in confidence. And community is vital to us. And for us here today, we're we're thinking about the church, the the Christian community. So let me read you from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting at verse 9. We read, For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us, Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive, when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. 
Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. Sounds like community to me. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit, do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. Friends, that was not written to a person, that was written to a community. Yeah, it was written to a community of Christians, to a local church. The young church in Thessalonica had a, had a lot of persecution and oppression to deal with, while at the same time being really young in their faith. So they lacked experience. Yet these young believers stood firm in their faith, and they had a, an amazing awareness of God that was seen in their lives as they showed faith, hope, and love. And so Paul writes to encourage them and to teach them some more things about being an apprentice of Jesus Christ. And towards the end of the letter, as Paul has been teaching them about the end times and Jesus' second coming, so they need to be on their guard, Paul tells them to encourage each other and to build each other up as they live out their faith together. There's a real sense, friends, that Paul is writing to a community and telling them to keep being in community with each other for the good and the not-so-good times. Paul is showing them that they need each other, and without each other, they're going to really struggle. It might be hard with each other, but without each other, it'll be even worse. And Paul is pointing out that he is that it is through community that we grow in our walk with Jesus. I read recently that spiritual growth is unapologetically relational. With each other, we grow in our faith. And so we have a part to play. For it's not simply your pastors and your staff team and your leadership team are to encourage you, but we're all to have a part to play in that. We all encourage each other. And if we don't, well, we're not truly living in community with each other. You see this in Proverbs 27, 17, where we read, Iron sharpens iron. So a friend sharpens a friend. I was having my hair cut a little while ago, and uh, as the barber was cutting my hair, a guy came in and he said to the, the hairdressers, does anybody need their scissors sharpening? And the guy said, yeah, I need mine. Well, you're cutting my hair with those. You know, I've got another pair that I need sharpening. I, I struggle with these ones. They don't always get sharp. So the guy took them off to the back of his car and sharpened them. £12 it costs, actually, just to let you know. And I find it quite odd. It, it never... It, no, the haircut was more than £12. I find it quite odd that... I find it strange that they need this scissors sharpening, but of course they need them sharpening. I then started to think, are the ones that you're cutting my hair with sharp enough? We'll find out at the end of the haircut, I guess. But you can't, you can't sharpen scissors without something else. You can't sharpen a knife... Without, you can't just wave a knife in the air and it'll suddenly sharpen itself. You, you need something to, to work against it. And it's the same with us. We, 
We can't grow on our own. We we need somebody else to to work against, to, to challenge us, to encourage us, to help us grow. And you see, when you sharpen something, you make it fit for purpose. And for us as as brothers and sisters in Christ, we sharpen each other to make us fit for the purposes that God has got for us. And you see, the Bible talks a lot about community. We read in uh, in Acts, the account of the early church and how the believers, they devoted themselves, not just to the apostles' teaching, but to each other. Community was so important to them that the Bible uses the word devoted. Look around at each other. Here's a challenge. Are you devoted to each other? Not just like each other. Not just see each other on a Sunday. But are you devoted? That's a strong word. Are you completely and utterly devoted to each other? In Hebrews we read, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. You know, coming to church activities to Sunday services. You know, even our, our church meetings, they're not, not optional extras if we can be bothered. The Bible tells us, commands us, don't give up meeting together. If you give up meeting together, you're going to struggle. Jesus tells us to, to love one another. Jesus talks about he and the Father are one. They're in community with each other. In 1 Peter, we read, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. So that means when you've invited somebody over for coffee or lunch, five minutes before they come, you don't say, I wish they weren't coming. That's called grumbling. It means you're excited that they're going to come. You've got the good biscuits out for them. The Bible gives us the image of, of God's church as a body. All with different parts and different roles. We're all working together. Why? So that we all grow as a whole. You can go on and on, but throughout the Bible, there's this idea of community with each other. It's it's the we and not the I that is important. And the readings from 1 Thessalonians and Proverbs are just two of the many that speak about community. For when we understand and live in community with each other, it has an impact upon our lives. You know, you you can't be passive in community. You have to be active, and true community will will manifest. It will show itself. In other words, there has to be things that that show community is happening. This is what Paul is talking about to the young church in Thessalonica. He was almost commanding them to build each other up and to encourage each other. He was asking them to to notice each other, to see what each other was struggling with, to to roll their sleeves up and and get in there and help each other. You know, the the encouraging one another phrase literally translates as comforting one another. Like you offer comfort to somebody who is in need. And the building each other up literally translates as edifying one another which means to instruct or to improve. And I love that. Paul is saying that being in community with each other will not only give us a deep sense of comfort in our lives, but it will also improve our lives. Being in community is good for your health. Being in community is good for your heart. It's good for your spiritual well-being. It's good for your mind. 
There's a real sense of growth going on here. You know, to improve something. If something is growing, it improves. So we're improving each other by being in community with each other. It's a huge benefit to being in community with each other. Community says we don't just love... Community means we don't just say we love each other. We show it. It has legs. There's things that we do to prove that love. It means we look out for each other and we intentionally look for ways to, to build each other up. It doesn't have to be big or extravagant. It would be a simple text or a phone call. But practical ways that you show love and care for them. You know, it's no secret in my family and amongst those who know me that I love sweets. I love a good pick and mix. Hands up if you think a good pick and mix is wonderful. Yeah, lots of you. Trust me, there's going to be an amazing pick and mix in heaven. It's going to be wonderful. And if I'm having a tough time, a hard day, or I'm not feeling great, sometimes I'll get home, and on my desk will just be a bag of sweets for my wife. With a note that says, I think you're great, I love you, keep going. My previous church, the, the, the life group I, I led, we knew each other well. When I left, they bought me a tub of pick and mix. When they came here for my induction, they bought me a tub of pick and mix. That she said was for the family. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> Kids, you'll have feelings like me. Sweets are no good for you. I'm just looking after you. You know, it's, but it's because we know each other and we do things for each other because we love each other. But then that building each other up goes further. It's through the relationship of community. We speak into each other's lives. Not just the things that we want to hear, but the tough things in tough seasons that we need to hear from each other. Community means we look to intentionally get on with each other. The Bible says we're to bear with each other. And I know there are other people that we find it easier to bear with than others. Church is probably the only community where you're, you're in Community with people that you wouldn't normally choose to be in community with. And that's the beauty of it. That's the the blessing of God's church. And we are to bear with everyone. And I know some of us need more bearing with than others. But we're intentionally, we need to seek out ways in which we look to get on with each other. Community means we've got each other's backs. We prayed for Ian and Ken, we've got their back as they go out. Anything that they need, we've got their back. We're there for them. You know, it's like a good Marvel film where the superheroes are all working together to fight the enemy, all in one. We've got each other. And so being part of community of faith gives us confidence to live out our faith in all circumstances, at all times, and in all places. Tomorrow, all of us, will be somewhere other than in this church. Unless you've fallen asleep already and nobody wakes you up. And you'll wake up tomorrow and there'll be one lone chair in the middle and all the other chairs will be sacked away. And I'll walk in tomorrow and I'll nearly have heart failure as I see you just sitting there. We'll all be somewhere else. Have we got the slide of the dots? This is from the London Institute of Contemporary Christianity. There's a hundred dots in each of those squares. You don't have to count them. Trust me, there are. Represents 100%. The six coloured dots on the slide on the left, in the top left corner, 
That represents apparently 6% of the UK church who say they go to church at least once a month. So that's us. We're all huddled together. We're in our community against the world. Tomorrow, the slide on the right is where we'll be. That same 6% scattered throughout lots of different places. Work, family, retirement, social place, wherever it is, we'll be somewhere else. And we often think, oh, it's, it's great when we're the slide on the left. It's great when we're all together. That's fine. But my confidence wanes when I go out into the world. Friends, what if we flip the script? What if we flip the script that says, actually, we come together as the slide on the left, and that strengthens us, that equips us, that builds us up, that edifies us, that comforts us, that gives us the strength that we need so that when we go out tomorrow and we're, the 6% are scattered, actually, we're not alone. Because we've got the community that we're part of is going with us. So tomorrow we may be scattered, but we're not alone. Christian community encourages us to keep going and to keep trusting, and this grows our confidence. And so as I come to a close, why is Christian community so important? Why is it so key to our walk of faith? So central to much of the Bible's teaching. Because if we're not walking together in Christian community, we become like an animal on a David Attenborough program who's been separated from the herd when the lions are trying to attack and we're all on our own. And we're isolated. Because you see, friends, here's the thing. This is why we need each other. Because if the devil can isolate you, he can influence you. If the devil can isolate you, so you think you don't need church, you don't need this community, it's then that he'll influence you. Most people don't walk away from a church overnight. They do so gradually, thinking they'll be okay. But once we've walked away, the devil can do his work. And so we need each other to enable us to grow. The Bible sees the community of faith as vital as air to breathe. May you and I See that too. So let me ask you. Do you genuinely feel part of a Christian community? Do you feel part of this Christian community as expressed in Billy Ricky Baptist Church? If you've been dipping your toe in the water of Christianity, I want to encourage you to dive in head first. You know, to make a commitment of faith, to get baptised and then come into membership. Speak with me or one of the elders about that, because we need each other, friends. What are some of the things that, that you can do to encourage deep community that helps each other and grows our confidence for when we're not physically together? So when we're a slide on the right, what are the things that you can do? What is God saying to you right now? Who's the person he wants you to, to text tomorrow? Have a good day. Thinking of you, praying for you. Who's the person on the right that you know loves pick and mix and you just drop it off at their door? Eight Portman Drive, if you're wondering, just saying. <laughs> Who's the person that God pops into your mind? You think, no, I'm going to bake a cake tomorrow. I'm just going to take them a cake. They're, they're having a tough time. I'm just going to... Whatever, can you see what I'm saying, church? Whatever it is, what is it that you can do to keep building 
deeper and deeper community and don't think we've just got it. Because church community, like any relationship, needs to be worked at. And if you don't work at it, it will die. If we work at it, we grow. You know, who's the family that you need to invite over for lunch? Who's that person who you know is on their own? Come and join my family for a meal. Looking at the global cafe and the bring and share lunch and saying, oh, they're not for me. But looking at them and thinking, no, I need to be there. Because I want to be part of this community. You know, let me ask you a question. Who has God given you? Who has God given you in your life? It may be your family, your work, your sports club, the group of close friends that you meet with, the church you're part of. God has given us people for us to show true community to. So through our journey of faith, we can build each other up. And as I finish... LICC, London Institute of Contemporary Christianity, say that we all have a front line. A place where we are that isn't church activity. Tomorrow, you will all be somewhere. Not here. You will all have a this time tomorrow. I want to encourage you and challenge you to do something as you're having coffee. Ask somebody where they will be this time tomorrow. And say to them, in your this time tomorrow, is this something I can pray for you about? And commit to do that. Commit to pray so that when we go from the together to the scattered, we know we're not alone. Because today, somebody said, where will you be this time tomorrow? And they prayed for me. And I, I walked on their prayers into that meeting, into that family situation, into that just being on my own. But I know somebody is with me this time tomorrow. Can we come back? We're going to close uh, by singing. It's a great song. It's called Great Are You Lord. And as we close, I, I recognise that maybe some of you are lacking in confidence in your walk of faith. I just want you to know that, that you're part of a community here. I know that some of you are walking through tough times, that your this time tomorrow is filling you with fear and dread. I just want to say, friends, you're not alone. It feels like it, but you're not alone. And as we sing this song, I just want to encourage you to bring it to God, maybe by bringing it to others. So if you want prayer, come to the front as we're singing it. Don't be embarrassed. Just come, actually come into the front, show strength, not weakness. Somebody will come alongside you and pray with you. That's a challenge, guys. If you see somebody here, come alongside them and pray for them. Maybe you don't want to come to the front, but as the service finishes, you just want to turn to the person next to you and say, I'm struggling. My this time tomorrow is tough. Will you pray for me, uh, please? But let's remember, let's proclaim the, the greatness of our God, the greatness of God. You know, when we sing songs, we often, there's a lot of worship songs that are focused on I. They're focused on the me. 
But we need to remember, like scriptures were often read out loud, out loud together. They weren't meant for individuals, but for community. And in this song, Great Are You, Lord, it says you give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. That's all of us. It's your breath. It's not your breath in my lungs. It's your breath in our lungs. Yeah? So let's sing this as a community of faith, as a song of response. And just come forward. Just ask people for prayer. Whatever your this time tomorrow is, just come because you want to be deeply involved in a relationship with Jesus and in the community of faith gathered you. Let's do that together. Let's stand and sing together.